blues, women and blues. I'm here, I'm there. I'm hey there. folks, Dr. Brian King here. Look, I'm in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I'm sitting in the VIP room of uh, a fabulous hookah joint called Aladdin's, uh, which we just got done doing a comedy show here. Uh, I am uh, joined today by my co-host on this podcast, Miss Minderella. Hi. It's really late at night. It is. Just so you know, it's it super late. It is so late, late at, night. at night. And uh, and I'm doing everything handheld. For those of you watching the video, you can see a lot of jerky handheld motions. Yeah. Uh, it's very indie film. It is. It really is. This is this is hardcore. This is like Kevin Smith stuff. Is what we're doing, really. I expect an award. Minda, it's really appropriate that you are my co-host for this particular show. Okay. Uh, because you're actually the reason... I showed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're the reason I'm here, first of all. like I, I wouldn't be sitting in Aladdin's uh, without you. Certainly not and, the VIP lounge. And you're uh, the first person to really introduce me to tonight's guest. So That's I think it's, right. I think it's a little we bit fitting. We have an incredible guest tonight, and mm -hmm. he just killed it on stage at our show. Please welcome Yonko Boudreaux. Yes, Yonko, how are you? I ain't making no fuss. <laughs> uh, I, I can't make a fuss no more, Brian, because a group of people got together and said I couldn't. Uh, some of them had badges and guns. <laughs> One of them had a robe on, kept hitting his desk with a hammer. I ain't exactly sure what his problem was, but I just don't make a fuss anymore. It, it is a pleasure to, to uh, be here. Good. This is my third trip back to Aladdin's. Um, oh, wow. Probably about a half a dozen shows now I've done. He likes the hookahs. Well, <laughs> I tell people, here's how they laugh at a hookah lounge. I know, they are super stoned. That's it. Nothing audible. Hardly ever anything audible. Just, <laughs> it is a hard, do, you find it to, do you find it to be like a harder crowd it to is, work with? Because like is. with, and this is like an insight thing for people who aren't comics. The alcohol crowd is slightly easier to finesse. But when, yeah. you, when you're working this, some, oh, yeah. it feels like an upscale baby shower half the time. <laughs> right. Everybody's got money and they're beautiful and they're yeah. high as a kite. So you yeah. can't get them to laugh when they're supposed to laugh. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not, it's not poor people dropping money at hookahs no, and stuff. No, yeah? no, no, uh, no, no, no. I, I wanted to have uh, Uncle Boudreaux. So Uncle Boudreaux, just so some of my audience knows. Uncle Boudreaux is not only a really interesting comedian, but uh, he's not only a really funny comedian, but he's also kind of a really interesting character. Uh, he, uh, The way he portrays, and of course you see him in the video, he's got the overalls, and he's got this little uh, southern uh, sensibility to him, almost like a Creole sense about him. Uh, and uh, and he plays music. Uh, I mean, like, it just, there's just there's a lot to this guy that th I, I thought I really need to get a deep dive into. And so that's kind of why I really wanted to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better, Yunkle. If and that is your real name. Well, it, it's not, and I, I'll, I'll get into the real name. Um, what happened, I tell you, I sort of, uh, Jerry Clower used to say oh, he backed in mm -hmm. the show business because he used to sell fertilizer. And he would sell fertilizer, but he'd never get invited back. So he started telling funny stories about growing up in Amen County, Mississippi, and he sold just as much fertilizer, and he got asked to come back. So he says he backed into show business. And that's kind of what I've done with the comedy. Um, the Boudreaux character. Uh, when I was a kid, we had a record, um, 33 and the third record, of uh, Justin Wilson. I don't know if you, are you familiar with him, Minda? I'm not. Justin Wilson was a Cajun, half well, he referred to himself as a half-bleed Cajun. Okay. He said he couldn't have stood a full dose of it, but he was a half-bleed Cajun, <laughs> see. He said, I had so damn much fun as a half-bleed Cajun, I could not have stood a full dose of it, see. Well, we had that record, and I listened to that thing. Oh, it was called uh, Hunt Them Duck with Justin Wilson. 
and he told his stories about his friend, what he had, what had a licking pot hound and a, a Chattahoola dog, and he told all kind of, and he talked just like I'm talking to you right now. See? And I listened to that thing so damn many times I could talk just like he talked and told him stories just like he told him stories. So by the time I was in high school, I had football practice, my buddies would say, hey, uh, and I didn't have a name. I was just my real name is Ryan Davis. Now there's already a comedian out of Atlanta named Ryan Davis. We're about the same height, same build, you know. That's uh, other than back, other than back, he's black and I'm white. We dead ringers for each other, so I didn't want to, you know. So anyway, so they say, Ryan, tell us a story, and I would just tell. I wasn't a comedian. I didn't need uh, original material. I just tell Justin Wilson stories. Or I'd tell Jerry Clower's story, but I would do it with that Cajun accent. I used to love to listen to Just. He said his, his name was Justin in French. His behind, that's his front name. His behind name was still Wilson. Couldn't did nothing about that, see. And I learned to talk like that. I could tell them stories just like he told them stories. So at football practice, they said, hey, Ryan, tell us a story. So hey, I'm a, I got a friend, and I'd go off into one of them stories. So I, I was a storyteller from middle school on up. I was the raconteur, which is just a fancy word for... Humorous storyteller. Um, also, Jack White's band. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember that. <laughs> so, um, so I did that. Now, this will come as a shock to the Boudreaux fans, but as a young man, I surrendered to call to ministry and was a pastor for 15 years. I was a pastor up until 2012. See, I I, I knew there that. had to be yeah, that. Yeah, you can I, feel you that. Like see when he's it, on yeah. stage, you can totally catch. Like I get know. the presence. Yes. Yeah. No, totally. It's like I, I, I almost, yeah, it's like I really feel like I just want to start making donations to this And man. I've already yeah. paid him several times to work for me, so it's about the same situation. Yeah, well, pretty much see, is. With um the, uh, now I actually, I, I was going to do it tonight over at the show we did before. This is this is show number two tonight. Yeah, we've we um, been busy. And I was going to, I do a bit where I actually, because I was a preacher. I wasn't Joel Osteen. I was more like mm -hmm. T.D. Jokes. T.D. Jokes. T.D. Jakes. Now you're T.D. Jokes. Yeah, I now yeah, yeah. T.D. Jokes. I preached the paint off the wall. I mean, I hit the pulpit. I mean, I... And, um, Gosh, I know a lot of Southern comics that that is how they start. Even even Bo, well, even yeah, Edward, yeah, like everybody. I know a lot of. It's it, it really is. It's like the same skill set, mm -hmm. really. It really you know, is you're speaking in front of people, audiences, you know. Them engaged. Yeah, it's and a very common entry. It's a very common entry point right. into comedy <laughs> is doing. Yeah. yeah, like the great Sam Kinison. You know? well, 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 with Sam Kinison, he went full blown, you know, blasphemous, and and I, I just don't do that, and. And now tonight, I dropped a couple F-bombs tonight. It was a different environment. Over at other places, I didn't. Um, I generally, I try to be PG-13. And I, I work with a lot of comics. They say, well, I'm going to be dirty. I'm a, I love doing dirty comedy. But that's fine. I'll cash the checks you can't cash. Because if you can do both, well, you can delve into both audiences. Um, I do, I do church-related humor. It's negative because I was a pastor that got deflocked, I guess you'd call it. Deflocked. Uh, yeah, something like that. I got <laughs> deflocked means you lost your sheep. You were defrocked. So, yeah. so, they, so they well, keep, isn't yeah. defrocked what happens when you strip a drag queen? Uh, oh, we're all on fire tonight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so this, you guys can tell I was in the show tonight. You guys. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, why were you Why were you um, deflocked and or defrocked? Well, my, well, I went through a divorce, which is taboo oh, among yes. Southern Baptists. So that's when you were Southern Baptist. Well, I started out Independent Baptist, which There's is no even stricter. <laughs> so just a Baptist. No, it's a different. It's, what? it's down here. It's like they're yeah. baptismal sects. Yeah, really. S e c t s. Yeah, huh. yeah. There's yeah. it's a thing. And like um, and 
my wife, I was married for 20 years, she was not very supportive in the ministry, especially toward the end. We divorced and I stayed in the ministry. The church supported me. Did you divorce stay. because she wasn't supportive? Yeah, there was no. You divorced your wife because she wasn't supportive of the church? Um, no. Okay. It, it, it was just. You didn't support the comedy. Well, no, no, I wasn't a comedian. <laughs> she didn't pay the bills. That's what right. What did she not support? That's right. No, no, it was. It was. It was you know, a combination. Some, I, I, I some of your songs. Some of your stuff. songs would imply that she there's something she wasn't doing. That's uh. Well, <laughs> the, the, there was a lack of intimacy. There was financial. Um. Uh, Disparities. She believed in spending money, spending money we didn't have on things we didn't need to impress people she didn't like. Oh. Um, when we divorced, my credit score was in the four hundreds. Oh my! I have worked my butt off, and today it is seven oh four. Nice. And that's that, how you know you're a real comic because you start out with a crappy credit score. <laughs> yeah. I, he, and, there's no way he's a real comic though with a seven oh five. No, that's not happening. Yeah. You are. You're still oh, yeah. a. You're still a preacher apparently. Well, she um. <laughs> well, no, because I had a. Bad credit as a pastor, but I married a second woman. Oh, uh, a high school. Where did you go? Uh, no, uh, no. Listen, she was evil. Um, she was a, she was a high school sweetheart. We didn't see each other for thirty years after I divorced. She hunted me down. Um, she was tatted up, pierced up. Nothing about her said pre preacher's wife. Um, but we dated in high school. Mm -hmm. We'd never been intimate. She was a virgin at the time. Her parent, her dad made us break up because in I was school. in high school because I was like 17 and she was 15. Yeah. So it was only a couple years difference. She might have been four. No, she I don't. It was two or three years difference. And so when she tracked me down after my divorce, she told me that, uh, you know, every guy she'd been with had treated her just horribly. And in her, in her mind, she should have always been with me. She should have fought for us to stay together, blah, blah, blah. It was a great story. It would have made a great movie. <laughs> Um, come to find out later, she confessed that even though she wanted to be with me, she didn't want to be a preacher's wife, but she knew that if she could get me to marry her, she would... Ruin your relationship with the Lord. <laughs> exactly. She would ruin your relationship with our Heavenly Father. Right. Well, not, well, more so that just Jezebel. the church. That Jezebel. Exactly. And, and that, and she, she, she never told me that, but she told a friend that that was her plan. And, and I won't go into the details because it is kind of painful, but that she did things that brought negative attention to the church, oh, wow. negative attention wow. to me. I was as much of a victim as That's the church was. really. I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah. But somehow yeah, she, she thought... Was, she was working hard. Well, somehow she thought that she would jeopardize what had been my vocation for 15 years of my life and 20 years when you count college, and that I would just say, oh, well, I don't need to be a preacher. Let's just stay married and be in love forever. And I, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And um, people asked me, she said, well, why? Because she, she, she played the part pretty well. Even though she had the, I mean, she had some of the god awfulest, ugliest tattoos you ever seen in your life. She's a walking billboard for why you don't get a tattoo <laughs> whenever you're drunk. This or was angry. your, this, and you married her. Though. Yeah, we like ended you, up. You actually married. You're saying all that married. stuff right yeah. now. Two months. Well, you know, he We're is. He, he is a religious man, so yeah. he has to get married if he wants to have some sex. Uh, you know, that's. Uh, a, uh, <laughs> he's sitting in a hookah lounge at midnight with us. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I tell people. She didn't cost me my faith. She cost me my vocation in the yeah. ministry. Um, and that's why, even though I'll do church-related humor, um, I, I don't do things that, that I can consider sacrilegious or blasphemous or anything like that. And I try to be PG-13. I mean, you've heard, I've, I've gotten a little raw here and there, but if I had to... You, you know, can go family-friendly very fast. Right. Like and, I've, and, I've seen both sets. Right. And um, so anyway, um, when I was pastoring... In 2000, 
11 or 12. This is actually still on YouTube, but I'm about to tell mm -hmm. you about. Preacher friend of mine, I used to go preach a revival meeting for him about every 18 months. And he told me one day, he said, Ryan, he said, them stories you tell. He said, if you came up here on a Saturday, we'll start the revival on Sunday. Come up here on a Saturday and I'll have a youth meeting with my youth group. Could you get some overalls or something and pretend to be Boudreaux? And that was the first time the name had been added wow. to this character. Uh. And we'll say you're Pastor Davis's cousin from Louisiana. And we'll just do a little comedy bit for the kids, and they're going to love it. So here's what we did. We rode around that day. I bought some overalls. I bought some glasses that were the, the fake ones with the real thick yeah. thing, mm -hmm. and a straw hat. And um, he, I, I, I wrote down some things on a piece of paper. I said, here's what you, he was my straight man. You know, like the old comedy routine. Sure, yeah. I said, ask me about these things and I'll make them funny. And a lot of it was a take off of Justin Wilson or Jerry Clower, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yep, so you yep. did this, was it like a week? Or like how long did you have to, to completely develop this youth set? And one day. One day. So you wow. do this all in one wow. day. Right. Okay. But that's like he's got yeah, all this stuff in his head Background. already. Yeah, it was stuff yeah. he's already just basically, yeah, yeah, he's just putting so it together. Like, I, you know? I told him I said, uh, still. I said, <laughs> no uh, I, so I came across, I knocked on the door, and he opened the door. Hey, brother Boudreaux, how are you doing? I said, hey, brother Skeeter, how you are? And I did that Cajun talk like this the whole time. And um, I said, yeah, I said, I got a flat tire over there down the road there, but it's only flat on the bottom. It should not be hard to fix, you know. And I said, so this is your youth group, huh? And I said, where's that crazy cousin of mine? And they said, well, he had some stuff to take care of. But he told us you would stop by. And I said, you know, I'd rather hear him preach as to eat. And he said, really? I said, yeah, because I've heard him eat. It sounds hard. <laughs> you know, um, and it just launched out. I told stories about a hunting dog, uh, about my my. Were you still married to the Jezebel? At yes. This point? So, well, so I'm just trying to timeline this together. So you the are Jezebel. on. Well, you know, we yeah, have to. Yeah, of yeah, course. Got to keep. Well, and, and let me let me say because I I don't know who's gonna see this. Okay, I don't want to. Oh, everybody! Feel, this is oh, a big yeah, show. No, this, this is, is big, big time. Right, this so, is on the road with Dr. Brian King. Right, Everyone is going to see this. Yeah. So. um my, my ex-wife and I are cordial to each other now. and I don't. Do you, know, do you have kids with her? Four of them. With, with, of the, with this second ex-wife? No, not the second one. She, she, she's the one oh, I so speak So we don't care about her. Yeah. We no, don't have kids with no. her. We don't have to say anything. I got you. Yeah, we don't, yeah. Um, but so I did that bit. We didn't know that there was a girl. This was 2012. Wasn't a lot of video mm -hmm. phones. Oh. One of the kids was videoing this. Put it on this, MySpace. But they put it on YouTube. <laughs> they put it on YouTube. And I didn't know until about a couple weeks later, the pastor called me and said, hey, we're on YouTube. Wow. I said, who is? He said, me and you on Boudreaux. And so it's like, I think it's about, it's at least 15 minutes long, I think. Wow. And um, we just, we again, we had no real rehearsal. Yeah. I just gave him a list of things. You know, I said, ask me about, the, about um, my first wife. So I said, oh yeah, my first wife, Beulah. Gosh, she was a mean old cuss. I said, <laughs> she wanted me to took her up to the Big Apple to that Imperial State Building. And he corrected me. You mean the Empire State Building? I said, that's what I said, the Imperial State Building. I said, she went up there with that thing and she leaned over, she fell off the damn thing. Three, I didn't say damn in the church thing. Sure, I said, sure. three somersaults and a splat. He said, were you with her when she fell? I said, my attorney said, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> and so, and we just riffed on each other. And so... Um, I'm trying to give you the condensed version. I know we don't mm -hmm. have a mic. Um, 15 minutes so far in the podcast, and so this is the condensed version. 
<laughs> just messing with you. So, um, a, a couple years. He's not from here. A couple years later, um, uh, after doing that, that was fun. Um, I called the South Carolina Gamecock Sports Station 107.5 The Game. Out of the blue, they were talking about one of the SEC coaches had offered a uh, squirrel. Or, or no, one of the recruits offered. The coach squirrel. Squirrel meat or a yeah. living squirrel? No, eat meat to eat. Wow. So I mean, host... squirrel meat is delicious. Oh, I love it. Is it really? It's not yeah, bad. I have, and it's you know, zero carb. I actually pride myself on eating strange foods. I have never had the opportunity to eat squirrel. Have you eaten any other kind of rodent? I ate, no, not rodent, but I ate seal meat in Canada recently. Oh, that was pretty bad. Seal! I ate walrus in Alaska. You ate walrus? Where'd you get that? La- I lived in the Arctic. To pick your teeth with the tusk? Yeah, well, of That's course I, I did. <laughs> well, it was for the sake of the show. That's I right. There we go. Yeah. Well, we, um... So some kid was offering squirrel meat. Yeah, so the, the radio station was talking about well, that's what we do. You know, <laughs> how, how good um, is squirrel meat? So I so called on the phone, and uh, he answered the, the call screener answered the phone, and they said, uh, 1075 the game. What's your name? I said, My name is Boudreaux. You spell that B O U D R E A U X, but you can pronounce it B U D R O W. And he goes, oh, 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 Okay. He said, I don't even care what you want to talk about. Just make sure you tell. When you get on the air, you tell them that you just told me. So I got on the air and I said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the guy that was hosting the show, he says, uh, he says, you're calling about the squirrel. I said, yeah, man, squirrel, good eating, you know. <laughs> and he said, well, what's it taste like? I said, well, it's sort of like a like a raccoon a little bit. Huh? And uh, <laughs> then he goes, well, what's that? There's a line. It's an interesting point of comparison, really. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he says, well, what's, what's that taste like? I said, well, like a, like, a, I said, like a possum, but less greasy. And he said, well, what does that taste like? I said, mm, rabbit? He goes, well, what's that taste like? I said, damn it, Heath, it tastes like chicken, all right? Just it tastes like chicken. <laughs> and um, so that was, my, and that was my first time in public as Boudreaux. Boudreaux. Wow. And it's Boudreaux, not Boudreaux. That's yeah. I mean, I, I put Boudreaux. the fastest on the first syllable. Um, <laughs> and so a couple weeks passed, and I called the morning show, because that was the afternoon show. I called the morning show. And when I called to talk sports, I said, uh, I said, you know, 107.5 game, what's your first name? But this Boudreaux. It's, oh my gosh, they've been wanting you to call the morning show. I can show. tell you because I am on the air. I am on the radio. I'm on the biggest country station around here, okay? They were freaking out because that is like a gold mine is to have somebody calling in. That's like content you don't have to yeah, pay for. Yeah, it's, no, it's free stuff. It's, it's free stuff. I mean, it's you just, just it's made, gold. Yes. But let me tell you I'm where. I'm surprised they didn't make you the third mic. Yeah. Well, let me tell you where it went south because I don't call them anymore. I'm saying why. Now, I was calling two or three times a week. I called him one time about this. Uh, they were talking, we played LSU that week. I said, let me throw you something. I went down to LSU. I was still doing the Cajun accent then. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm down to LSU, and there were some girls walking down, y'all. And there was one girl who had purple shorts on, had yellow writing on the back, said LSU. Then there was another girl walking that had yellow shorts, purple writing. Hers said Tigers, but they spelled it T-I-G-A-S down yonder. See? Cute little girls, but I wasn't interested in them because I like a big girl with some meat on her. They, they had a friend. Had a pair of purple shorts on, had yellow writing, said Louisiana State University, <laughs> home of the fighting Tigers on the back of them shorts. Well, they all laughed. I called about the time as a, as a high school football player. It's a true story. 
um, the, 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 our field goal kicker got injured on a touchdown, so he wasn't able to kick the extra point. Well, we were up like 50-something nothing, so the coach didn't want to go for two because that would be in poor taste. Well, I could kick a field goal, and I told the coach, Coach, let me just kick the field goal. If we miss it, so what? All right, go out there. So I kicked it off the tee at practice. I'm left-footed. You don't so hear I, that every day. Yeah. You don't hear I'm left-footed. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I don't even think people know which twist, foot they the, really the have. The twists and turns of this story. Yeah, it's, well, it's well, interesting. I'm left-handed. really interesting. We're like at 20 minutes now. Well, I'm left-handed. Really um, so I'm lined up to kick. Well, the guy that's holding the ball, he's on the wrong damn side for me to kick the ball. Oh, no. So I'm like, and I, nobody's thinking about it until right before the ball snapped. I'm like, oh, well. So when I run to kick the ball, my right foot steps on his hand. I oh, kick the ball. No. My knee comes up under his chin, hits him in the chin, and he falls. The, the, the thing goes in. The, the, the kick was good. The guy on the loudspeaker gave credit to the actual kicker who was on the sideline nursing a bad knee. Well, I told that story on the air. A bunch of different stories on the air. Well, one day, at what art show, I went and did a talent show. Not a contest, it's a talent show at a local theater. Where, what year are we at? It? Yeah. This is about 2014. It was okay, 12. So, two years, so two years so later, two years, yeah. you're doing the character. 2014, I'm doing a, a, a just a little variety show, and I was going to play a country song that I wrote about my dad. And when I'm doing the, the audition, somebody goes, Are, are you Boudreaux that calls 1075 the game? I said, Yeah. They said, Well, we want you to do your song, yeah. wow. but will you perform about 10 minutes of comedy at our show? For free. Yeah. And I said, well, I mean, I've never done it. It was my first time, you know. Nobody gets paid their first time. So, so I did it, and when the show was over and the audience came on stage to see all the different performers, yeah. half the crowd circled around me, wanted to know where I was from, how long I've been doing comedy and stuff like that. I'm like, just... Today, really? wow! All right, so I started doing open mics. I was gonna say that. it's hard when you start at the top. But you had a lot, yeah. You had a lot of time to develop the character before you got on comedy stages. Right. So at least uh, you weren't starting completely green. You Correct. Know? Right. And, but, and that's what. But I would do the open mics in Columbia. I was doing a different five minutes every week. Now it mm -hmm. wasn't all original material. So sure, you got to sure. keep in mind, I wasn't trying to be a comedian. I was doing this for fun. Doing a character. Doing a character. Yeah, I was just yeah. having fun. And then yeah. as I began to realize this could make me some money, I've got to be original. So then mm -hmm. I started coming up with original material. Um, so I start, I, I, I start, did these open mics. I was doing a different five minutes every week. The other comedians were doing the same five minutes every week, not getting any funnier. Yeah. My son, i got a special needs son. He has cerebral palsy and learning disability. He lives with me. And he don't cut me no slack. I mean, he's not gonna brag on me. You know, he's just not. Mm -hmm. But he would tell me after every open mic, Dad, you're funnier than everybody on everybody in there. They're, you're doing a different five. Now, he knew I've been on a stage, pulpit, whatever, for yep. 15 years, entertaining people. Because there's, there's an element you of entertainment. You can't do the same sermon every week. Right, exactly. You know? So it must um, be harder, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's so tough. finally. The guy, it was a Monday night open mic. The people that owned the venue went to the guy hosting the show and said, pick your best five or six comics. Let's do a Friday night show. We'll sell tickets and we'll pay these guys. 2014. 2000, this would have been, nope, this would have been, no, no, I'm sorry. 2014 was the talent show. Yes. But it was a couple years. We're going to fact check this later. Yeah, we, yeah, it's, <laughs> some of this, yeah, I, I wasn't quite prepared for all this. But there was a couple years before I got the nerve to go do open mics. So that was about 2000, 
shit. That's 18 right. or 19. I've been doing this long. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You've so, been doing the character long, but long as far time. as performing as a stand-up, like, right. say, like, five five years or so. Yeah, so, you just made it last year. So I started doing open mics in, in early 2020 or late 2019. And then, so... And COVID th- Right. So it was, it was November of 2020 mm-hmm. when we did that show where the guy said, pick your best comic. So he comes to me, the host does. He don't know me. He just knows I'm doing five fresh minutes every week. And I'm, which I've is got incredible. Good. Which is because yeah. I've run a lot of open mics, and it's so incredible that you had five different minutes every time now, you now, yeah, It some, really is. Some and of that. Nuts. Some of that was still takeoffs of old Jerry Clower, Justin Wilson stuff now. Yeah. Because again, I wasn't looking at it as I'm going to be a comedian, but I was mixing in. What do you think you were going to be though? Oh, I was just doing it for fun. It was just well, something I do. Let's just go have fun with yeah. it. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking. Well, I could do this and make money as a comedian. But after it's good I, that you thought that. Right, 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 it's right. always good to go in with that expectation. Yeah. Like, well, I, this is, this is how I'm going to make money. Yeah, number one advice for comics watching, have gas money. <laughs> yeah. So so um, I started getting some original material, uh, doing some songs and stuff. And um, I've always written poetry. Yeah. Um, in first grade, I wrote Mary McGugan a poem that said, Roses are red, bananas are yellow. If you be my girl, I'll be your fella. It did not help me get Mary McGugan. But, but the poems got to Oh, exactly. Um, but anyway, so um, the guy comes to me, the host, and he says, how much time can you do? I said, how much do you need me to do? He said, can you do 30 minutes? I said, yeah. Well, my average sermon was 40 minutes. Yeah, see, that's Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. That's the training yeah, that's right the there. Training. Yeah, that's so the, I said, uh, I can do 30 minutes. Yeah. He says, okay. He says, well, I'm going to have you go last. Well, this was supposed to be a, a bunch of the best five or six open micers. There was only three open micers. The other two, you know um, Tom Emmons? I know the name. Tom Emmons was on yeah. that show. He's been doing it for a dozen years. And there was another female comedian from the Charlotte area who'd been doing it. They were given 12 to 15 minutes. I was given 30 minutes at the end. Holy wow. Crap. And, I did, and I've got video footage of that. Now, it's not it's some of the same stuff I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, the the garden tub story that I didn't do tonight, but I did over yeah, there. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, in that video, it's okay. I, I think I've got it really tight now. But that particular show it was just okay but it was good enough so my daughter videoed it that show it's on youtube and after the show the host asked me said how long have you been doing 30 minute um or he said feature length sets wow i said what time is it (laughs) i said are we counting from when i started or when i finished he goes what do you mean i said it's the first time i ever got paid to do comedy he said why didn't you tell me that i said did I, uh, how'd I, I do? <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah. you crushed it. I said, would you let me go last and give me 30 minutes if I had told you I'd never been paid for comedy? He says, no. I said, that's why I didn't tell you. Wow. I said, you didn't ask me. And he, I said, who on the show should have followed me tonight? He goes, nobody. There you go. There you go. So I took that video, sent it to Skip G. Lawson at the Comedy House, and he put me on his show um, as a feature at the Comedy House when a lot of my colleagues that was with me ain't had never even hosted at the comedy house and mm. I featured and so I, I, I have just you started lost, getting me booked. You, you shot up you, you shot, shot up, up. In, basically in, in shooting up have you lost any contacts has there been any difficult relationships from that yeah within, I, within your comedy community because um, it can be rough it can be oh yeah brutal. and there is some jealousy and see all right so one day I was talking to a friend of mine at a, at a um, 
open mic, mm-hmm. another comedian comes up and he hears me talking like I'm talking now, which is without the accent, just normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, kind of smug, he goes, so you're really a character, not really a comedian. Well, duh. <laughs> and I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, here's what he asked me, man. He said, where do you, I, here's what I thought he was asking. Who, who, who is your inspiration? Mm-hmm. But apparently his exact wording was, where do you get your material? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. named off Justin Wilson, Jerry Glauer. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, Louis Grizzard. Oh, no. So he goes straight to a local Columbia yep. comedian and says, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's a joke stealer." Yeah. All right. Uh, so for us, like. So you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Is, you know, and, and you don't want to steal jokes, no. Right. And and the thing is, like, I know your everything that I've seen you do has been original, right? Yes, but yes. when I first saw you, the just but just the name Boudreaux. Uh, you know, I lived in Louisiana for a little while. Anybody who spent time in like Cajun country knows that they tell Boudreaux jokes. It's a very common, right. you know, thing. Is oh, Boudreaux out in the bayou? I, I can't do the that. accent. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. Boudreaux oh, and Thibodeau. That's right. See, I'm learning. Today. Yeah, and so, and I was like, you know, that, that it reminded me of that. You know, uh, I know you didn't steal the jokes, but I, th- I thought that you were from Louisiana because of the character. Yeah. So he goes straight to a, a local Columbia comedian who's had a measure of success. Told that comedian. Well, he steals jokes. Uh, mm, All right, yeah. so like death it so really that, is. So that goes around, and I said, I said, okay, with the thirty minutes that I did at that one show, I was talking about, I said, take those thirty minutes and find me the evidence. Go find mm-hmm. me the comedian that I stole it from. Now, filler material. I mean, we, we've all got filler material yeah. that we don't know where we came. That's why I made that comment tonight. I'm young enough to remember what I heard and old enough to forget where I heard it. Yeah. So, called, there's a term for it. It's called parallel thinking. Yeah. Right. So that's the technical term. It happens exactly. to all of us that write. And that's why I, I always put my songs into my bit because that's something nobody can say, well, he stole that. Not right. the hell, Here's I wrote that. that. That is one of the things, too, that, that strikes me as so unique about your performance, too, is the music, the combination of the music and the jokes. Well, I it's, really it's, I've been described that. as um, sort of like a Rodney Carrington type. Yes. Um, which is fine. I mean, for every comedian that just stands up there and talks, mm-hmm. are they the right. same? Yeah. That's, so, a flat, so, that's a flattering so. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the uh, the joke stealing thing. I had another guy bait me. He said um, he was telling me about these two comedians that one stole the other one's joke, and he was. He said, "What do you think about?" I said, "I don't care." Well, he took that, that I don't care about people stealing jokes. That's not what I said. What I said was, if I hear, let's just use an example. Mm-hmm. If I hear Daniel Tosh tell a joke, and then you come tell me, well, he stole that from Dane Cook. Why don't you look this up and see this? Because I don't freaking care. That's <laughs> a lot of work. It was funny. <laughs> I don't care who got it first. They yeah. both may have got it from the same feature that featured for him in some local joint somewhere. I don't know where he got it from. You know what I really hate? Uh, and it, just, it just wasn't enough for yeah. me to invest in it. So when I said I didn't care, what I mean is I, I'm not going to listen to a comedian and then go Google his material and try to right. catch him in something. And that's what some of them have done, right. tried to do to me. And it just pisses me off. Yeah, be careful what, with that. What I really hate about our art form is this idea that uh, you can't just uh, you, you can't copy from others. You can't do any other other material. That? Well, I 
I, I hate. Let me let me let me see where I'm he getting. He started that rough. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, I, I like. I don't want people stealing my jokes. But then again, who would? Uh, you know, who would want them? You know. Uh, but my in, in in music, you can do a cover song. You know, new cover, you, you can't can do sample. a cover joke. You can't do yeah, a cover joke. Yeah, you know? other countries, other markets. That's how they do it. Actually, I interviewed Yakov Smirnov a few oh, years yeah, ago about that. about uh, Russia, the comedy in, in Russia, and they they, the they would they had all their all their uh, jokes had to be approved by the government, and because it was so hard to get them approved, that they would just do uh, the popular jokes. They would get on stage and do whatever jokes that were popular at the time. We don't operate like that and we got a whole culture that get on, get on you and youtube you know oh absolutely twitter you can't yeah. be a comic on twitter oh, you know what no. i mean like you will... well i'm not even on twitter but yeah. but i what like um i would tell people and and this gets misconstrued and i hope it doesn't get misconstrued on this but definitely I tell people, will not i am an entertainer first i'm not a comedy writer but i write my material mm -hmm. but i'm an entertainer first and my obligation is not to impress the three comedians sitting at the back googling my jokes my obligation is to entertain the people that pay the cover charge to come hear me perform now i'm not going to steal a joke to do that but my again my my priority is to entertain those people mm -hmm. now with the music i do i have done cover songs mm -hmm. um but i wrap a joke around it sure like yeah. there's a there's a song which I, is very common in radio. Yeah. It's because it's parody. Well, there's a song called um, I'm My Own Grandpa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I've done that song. Yeah. And but what I do is I say, people ask me all the time, I say, Boo would you screw a cousin? Well, that, well, we, I just, that just makes me laugh the way you say that in the accent. We, we seriously. Talking, uh, we're talking first cousin, right? Because second cousin, take good for practicing. I've been saying. <laughs> but I would not screw a first cousin. I'm going to tell you why. It ain't because of what you think. There's three reasons I would not screw a first cousin. The first one is half of my first cousins are men, okay? And that matters to me. Now, it might shouldn't. It may not matter to all of y'all, but it matters to me. Now, that leaves about eight or nine girl first cousins. Well, half of them are ugly, okay? And that matters to me, too. Maybe it shouldn't, but it matters to me. Well, that leaves me about three good-looking first cousins that are female, but they're not going to consent. <laughs> and that matters to me too, because I might want to be on the Supreme Court one day. I don't want some bullshit happen at the family reunion to keep me off the Supreme Court. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm not going to screw a first cousin. So, uh, yeah. so I do have a question. Because well, let me say real quick. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah. I say, so then I from there, I, know, from there I, I say, well, so I might do a song for you that sounds like it's got incest in it, but it don't. And then I'll sing, I'm my own grandpa. Uh, okay. So yeah. it, the song was not original, but, sure. I, but I always let people know. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, not yeah. write this song. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I put a joke around it. Minda, I get the feeling so, that this is going to be just the Uncle Boudreaux uh, Poop podcast. It's, it's fine. I love it. <laughs> I'm it's okay fantastic. with it, too. Um, I'll just let him run. But I do have a question. Yeah. So because I know that you're coming from a, you know, like a religious background and everything. Like, did you have a hard time going from that to this environment and I'm talking about the club scene the bar scene and all the folks and things like that because it seems like it would, it would be kind of in a direct contra, uh, con, um, con contradiction of what you would preach against but here we're in the yeah. bar and it's the alcohol because yeah. I mean it's hard to do a show without alcohol this ain't, this you know right. it's this ain't a Christian environment is what, yeah. it, is what I think yeah. is what so you're getting at do you have yeah. an internal conflict with any of that a little bit yeah like I don't I seldom drink um, just I never did. My brother was an alcoholic by the time I was 15, so I just never drank, even before I started pastoring. 
and I didn't start drinking. I'm 53, and I didn't start drinking socially till after I left the ministry. So that would I would have been 40. I've never seen you. Oh no, I did see you drink one drink. Before yeah, you. every now and then I'll, I'll have uh, amaretta sour. So that's like they fixed me that bourbon at the and, last show. The, yeah, yeah, and I couldn't drink it. <laughs> I choked it down. But I just never have been a drinker. I never smoked yeah. in my life. Um, but I love to sing karaoke. So I go to bars yeah. pretty regular singing karaoke. Um, it's a different environment. Um, it was a little bit of a conflict. Uh, I, the first time I dropped an F-bomb at a comedy show, oh, I felt so dirty. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> you keep saying, I yeah. mean, because I was raised religious as well, and so to, to do that switch is tough. Like, yeah, it's, and, you can't and just turn it off and on. Here's how I look at it. I look at it as, as, a, as a, a, a Christian that is in a movie playing mm -hmm. a rapist. Yeah. He's playing a part. Are we but talking I'm about Kirk Cameron? Who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of a... No. But just anybody. Well, anybody who's playing a role. I, yeah. I think Jim I said, Caviezel I know what you're getting at. He's a Christian. Yeah. He's, I'm not saying he's playing a rapist. I'm just well, saying... Like a, he's like playing a, like a straight actor playing a gay, a gay role or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Yeah. It's so you're playing a part. Yeah, and even when you're even when you're not on stage, you're in the environment. You're still playing that role. You know, right. I and when I walk in, into a room, it still had to have been weird. Oh, it still oh had no, to be weird. oh, it was. It's, it was. A, it's a transition. Plus, his you know his last wife was all tatted up. Jezebel. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, she had to introduce him to something. How did that end? You never uh, told you know? us how she ended. Um, or do are we not to know? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We're surviving. Well, let me tell you. People ask me, well, why, why, how'd you get involved with her? Because she, she looked rough. He's like she mm -hmm. showed up. She was very pretty. <laughs> yeah. She was very pretty. And I said, when, when, when your wife wakes up in the morning and says, do you want breakfast or a blowjob? You eat a lot of pop tarts. And I'm just saying. And so it, sex was good. But <laughs> oh man, I. I I was like, maybe she was feeding you pop tarts for breakfast. Where I don't were know. You on yeah, that? I was like, I was way off. This I was is like, what you were on this weight loss train, so you went right to the pop tarts. Know, like, that's where you were interested. In my mind, it's well, been messed up, man. What happened was, um, she was insanely jealous. Oh yeah, they ah, yep, and, yep, yep. and she just had a blow up one day, threatened me, threatened my kids. Yeah. I ended up in a hospital. And you can't threaten the kids. Ever. Yeah, it, it was just. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into it. It, it is a little painful. Yeah. Um, That's but it, right. We don't need it, to open that It became that an embarrassment to the church and that little local church. Yeah. Of 25, 30 people just decided they had to cut ties with me, even though Ooh. I was the a victim. victim of this whole thing, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I was the know, baby that was thrown out with the bathwater. Preacher's wife, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, know uh, Boudreaux, you know, I didn't know this, and I'm still going to call you Boudreaux That's because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the name I know you by more. But uh, you're actually my second uh, preacher turned comedian uh, oh, that, I, that wow. I've interviewed. I know the last one, actually. Uh, it was only <laughs> no. Nah, she was. Uh, it was in Texas. We we did southern. the uh, podcast in Texas. Yeah. Another southern. Mm -hmm. She went all the way. It was like a, she, I think she was like a Pentecostal uh, preacher or something. Oh, did before, they allow women to be preachers? I'm not sure because I'm not okay. a religious person. I just I was checking with him. Yeah, yeah. I just fig. I, I just pictured her with well, like snakes I mean, and stuff. You know what I mean? I mean that's not you know. But that tracks. But uh, it is something uh, that is at least consistent. <laughs> if you look, if if for regular listeners of my podcast, is at least something that's that's consistent um we're running out of time a couple of things i want to touch on before we go first of all i love the character uh i like the origin story Very well done. and it makes sense because the first time i saw him i was like this guy is a seasoned pro you know what i mean i think i told you yeah i think i was like yeah. only two years in yeah i had no idea man i was like there's no way that this guy is fresh i uh, told but, this story because after that show uh-huh you came this show our yeah, show the, no, show the with, one that the one that we did together yeah i, I tell the story about how Menderella 
book me as a feature, and then bump me to the opening spot for this Brian King character. <laughs> was he a headliner? No, I think he, I was featuring. He was yeah. featuring. And then you told me, you said, well, you'll still do the same amount of time. And I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, she's going to bump me back. No. Yeah, because you, you first first you said I could do 30 minutes. First you said 15, and I said, well, I normally do 30. You're like, well, I've never seen you, but if you can but do 30, I'll let you. That's me. That does sound like me. Like, I have trust so, issues. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop well, it. it's also some uh, some guy from South, South some Carolina, South Carolina guy. wearing overalls, you know? Yeah, so you bumped me down to 20. Great urban club. And do you remember what you said to me after the show? I don't, unfortunately. You, but You came up to me, this, and you said something to the effect of, you know how a basketball team can can wipe out another team by like 50. Mm -hmm. You still got to say good game, even if it wasn't. That sounds like you. Yeah. And you said, like um, you said, I've told a lot of comics that was a good set because it was the right thing to say. And you looked at me and you said, I wasn't prepared to follow you tonight. And that meant a lot to me. Not, not that I thought you didn't hold up your yeah, end, but yeah, just yeah. that you weren't expecting that this guy. That kind of sounds like something I would say. Yeah, yeah you're nice. Yeah, because well, also what too, I wanted to say back was, but also too, you I supposed to follow. <laughs> but I wasn't really. Yeah, it's true. I like you don't expect to come in and have somebody just tear it up as well as you did. Neither one of us, I think. But you were know, expecting I hadn't you. seen yeah, you before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's not like it's not that I couldn't follow you. It's just that you know I, well, I was I'm just not really you didn't do well. I'm just saying that you right. You're getting like, hot here, boys. Yeah. And it was a compliment, and, I, and, and that's what I—that's that how I meant it. That's how I meant that. it, and I'm so glad that you remembered it because I forgot that I said it. But I'm glad it meant something to you, and yeah. I'm really glad that I shared that with you because uh, that's how I am. Though I, I will honestly share my opinion yeah. to comedians, and I, if you suck, I'm not going to tell you because I'm kind of—I'm a nice guy. But if you're really good, and I think you're really talented, then yeah, I'm definitely gonna—I'm definitely gonna let you let well, you know. Well, let me get to the radio station part because oh, because you said that that was gold that it I was is, doing that yeah well let me tell you what happened so I started getting booked for shows so I had a show in Columbia so I called the station like I always did and they said we got Boudreaux on the line how you doing Boudreaux and I said I'm doing good I said uh I called the guy's name the DJ I said it's sports talk so I don't know if you call them DJs or not but I said listen I said can I can I plug a show I'm doing in Columbia coming up in a couple weeks and um and I'll and all he had to do was say, well, no, we can't really let you do that without paying advertising. Yeah, mm -hmm. be fine. I see. But instead, he just hung up on me and pretended was that the call the, was dropped. Was he the on-air huh. person? Yeah. Oh, he was, was okay. Yeah, he was okay. the on-air guy. And so then I started calling. I would call back and, you know, yeah. and I didn't ask to do it, but I would be put on hold or normally I was pushed to the front of the line. Yeah. I would sit on hold for so long. I would forget I was on hold. I would think I was listening to the, to the show. <laughs> and then the show would go off the air and the phone would click. I'm like, oh, shit, huh. I was on hold for an hour and a half. That's, wow. insane. That's insane. And, That's rude. And, and here's what they said. They said, um, now if I call right now, if I call tomorrow, well, whatever, Monday, they'd probably put me on because I, I never call anymore. But they said I was trying to build my, I was trying to use their station to build my brand. Of course. Yeah. Now well, you have to pay. But, I mean, but, that's how it is. Right. Well, all I but here, here's the thing. All he had to do was say, "Well, no, we can't let you do that." I've been fine with it. It's not, it's not like I was mm -hmm. in the middle of a conversation about the ball game and said, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to be at the comedy house this Saturday." I didn't do that. Yeah. I asked permission. I'm fresh at this. I didn't See, know. And that's nuts, though, because you yeah. had given them so exactly. they you'd and I hate to speak against my own industry, but you had <laughs> given them a lot yeah. of free material. I have listened to that station, heard their callers call in and ask. 
Oh, how come we don't hear from Boudreaux anymore? And yeah. they'll they lie like hell. They'll yeah. say, Well, I don't know why Boudreaux don't call. The hell they don't. Yeah, they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started calling um, a show out of uh, Florence. It's a political talk show, and and they let me plug. A, they don't let me plug a show, but like they introduced me as the com- a comedian, Uncle Boudreaux, and I I call in. That it's not sports talk. Right. It's political talk. So it's not. It's funny. Yeah. But it gives me a platform. So like I did a show in in a. Uh, Shiraw. Shiraw. Is that a place? It's about that big. Yeah. And I actually got I got people that called, that messaged me on Facebook because I mentioned, like they'll let me say like a town, mm-hmm. but I can't give specifics. Like I said, I'm going to be up in y'all's area in a couple of weeks around Shiraw, and that's about all I can say. Can you say, oh, you know, check me out on Facebook? You can't even see well, you know, no. I was wondering how loose they would let you go. Well, um, I was. I talked to them one time, yeah. and they said, "Well, Butro, let's just say um, somebody's in the whatever area on so and so weekend. Where should they maybe stop by?" So they kind of they coached me in, and I was actually they would do a full full blown um, plug of a show, um, and I've actually called and, and tried. Talk to them about advertising, but I'm not making enough in these shows oh, yeah. to spend money on advertising. You don't even sure. need to do that because you just need to go on TikTok and. No, you know yeah, I mean? you like, need to, once, once you get you blow up your online following, yeah. you know, uh, see, get all that. But um, I, I got to figure out. I want to. I, I want to say something else. So you talk about money. You talking about working it. And the one thing I really admire about you is you always show up to these gigs. I've only seen you at a couple, but uh, you always show up with a giant suitcase full of merch, yep. and you're working it. He you're has. you're getting your brand out there. He He's came got out here, hats yeah. and shirts. Yeah, he and came out here like during the daylight hours and set up his stuff. Nice. And then wow. went and did another show and came back. And see, that is a that 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 is a that is an a, a professional attitude towards something that so many people just don't. Don't take very well, seriously. A lot of comedians yeah. are, um, they'll, they'll get stickers or they'll get different little, real, really, really cheap things they can pretty much give away for a dollar. And I just say, well, you know what? In yeah. for a pound, in for an ounce, or however that saying goes. Right. I don't know how you buy drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But um, I just bit the in bullet. For a penny out yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. something like that. So I just bit the bullet. So I'm going to go and buy t shirts. That's and fantastic. Now I have two different designs of t shirts, I got two different design hats. And my shot glasses, I bought 144 shot glasses in April. I'm down to my last half a dozen shot glasses. This is laugh your liver loose, right? Like yeah. This is a this yeah. is a preacher who sells shot glasses. Yeah. Uh, now, that's what I was at. That's yeah, why yeah, I asked yeah, that question. An irony. Yeah. And what I'll say is... I want to see him sell like Uncle Boudreaux sex toys. Uh, oh, I yeah, don't. I, mean, I, I do not want to no, see I, that. You do not want to see that. <laughs> no. But Maybe I, hey, I got a kink. I don't know. But we have to. Yeah, we do. We do. We we do have to wrap it up, and uh, and I think we could keep talking uh, forever. He's a pretty interesting guy, not right? Yeah. 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 Well, my next shot glasses. We're killing. Are still gonna <laughs> we say, really are. Still going to say laugh your liver loose, but it's going to have 2023 on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then that way, if I can sell another 144 next year, then each year I'll just buy 144 glasses yeah. and yeah. put a different year on it, different catchphrase. Because people collect those things. And those yeah. are the cheap. The only bad thing about having a $5 item on your table is then I can buy a $20 t-shirt or a $15 hat when they can buy a $5 shot glass. Right, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm I wouldn't invest in the shirts at all. I yeah. would, that's just me as a business person. I would just go like lowball into you. I really feel like you should have overalls. I, uh, I Uncle Boudreaux overalls. It's like a sticker of an overall. Just something. But something. I, I've probably sold 200 shirts in the last yeah. year. I mean, I've sold yeah. a lot of them. I, but you sold I didn't 100? do good tonight. Yeah. Oh, well, but, you did fine tonight. But, um, I saw you sell some shot glasses. I sold some yeah. shot glasses, but I, I know I sold, I featured at the Comedy House in Columbia 
on a weekend with John Morgan. He didn't sell any merch. He, I mean, he didn't have any to mm -hmm. sell. He didn't need. He made pretty good money. But I sold 22 shirts in a weekend yeah. at 20 bucks a piece. That, that ain't really that ain't too bad for a, a virtual nobody. Not bad at all. Yeah. Not bad so, at all. Uh, in fact, I've sold enough shirts that the guy that does my shirts told me when I picked yeah. up the last ones, he said, I'll run you a lot of credit so you can buy. Because I'm, I'm buying 25 mm -hmm. at a time. Well, you know, look, that just does bring up a point that you are doing this the traditional um, pounding the pavement, hitting up the clubs without going viral, without using the TikTok, and right. you're still selling merch, and you're still it's getting not even on Twitter. He's, well, he doesn't need to be yeah. on Twitter. Donald Trump's on Twitter now. Yeah. He, <laughs> he got back on today. Yeah, Twitter's which is which is like me place. putting a timestamp on this podcast. By the way, <laughs> if anybody wants to do research on that, yeah. hey, we've had we've got to wrap it up, Uncle. Uh, but let me Yunkle. tell you, Yunkle, Yunkle. Let me quickly tell you. No, no, no. He's my uncle. He's Yunkle. Oh. I would, That's the way it started, it was just going to be Boudreaux. Uh huh. So I'd introduce myself as I'm your uncle Boudreaux. You know me. I'm your uncle Boudreaux. You know, I, and I was saying I was your Uncle Boudreaux, so it kind of stuck. So when I did the domain name, I thought, you know, if I go with Uncle Boudreaux, there's probably some Uncle Boudreaux restaurant, Uncle Boudreaux bar, Uncle. But if I put a Y in it, then I could probably get that domain name. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went with Yunkle Boudreaux. That's smart. Yeah, that is smart. That's smart. So I was able to. So and I'm you had the whole joke yeah. in there. Right. Like you wrapped it up nicely. I'm Yunkle Boudreaux on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. And that actually brings me to my closing question: How do people find you? And that's exactly how. That's, He's you know, a that pro. Just, that just He's a pro. Really well. I got a comment really well. page. So you got it. You're on Facebook, Instagram. Where else do people find Facebook, you? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, I'm all as Yunkle Boudreau. Right. All we'll, as Boudreau. we'll spell that on the on the screen for the people watching the video. For the people listening to the audio, you're you're out. You, you got to work for yourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like your daddy's brother with a Y in front of it. There and I tell people that, and they'll write down Y U N K L E. Like why in the hell? It's this uncle. It's just uncle. Like, but but with a Y. You got some illiterate fans. <laughs> they are buying t-shirts so they can they do whatever are, they, they want. Are. As long as they're spending money and coming to shows, that's all that matters. Yunkle, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Minda, you are hey, a fabulous co-host. You. Uh, you're like a professional host. I might be you really are. I think you are. It's you're, one in the morning too. Yeah, it's, so it's late. Really? It's we are late. killing oh, it. Yeah. And, uh, and folks, of course, none of this would be possible without my listeners, without my viewers. Please, thank you so much for uh, listening, for viewing. Continue to do so. And uh, this has been another episode of On the Road with Dr. Book Brian. Me. <laughs> Book him. Yes. Book me. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. Blues, women, and blues. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere.